Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have had faith in us since the very beginning. And that's a pretty long beginning now. So thank you to Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. We couldn't do it without you, nor would we want to. Also, big thank you to Justice Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, for his contribution of his time, his music, and his voice for the intro you just heard. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on any of your favorite music platforms. So check him out. He's always got great stuff coming and going also big thank you to steve mcginnis the artist behind the banners and logos here at the show check him out on facebook and instagram he's also specializes in the horror genre and just does the most amazing commission pieces or books or comics anything so tonight uh we welcome for the first time cl thomas who will be discussing her new book dancing with demons a paranormal encounter which is based on a true story so in order to partake in the show tonight, guys, you know the drill before we get Amelia uh, going with her bio. Just need to put it out there. We have seven chat rooms. Roku does not have a chat room. Uh, it's like a super highway of seven lanes coming down to one. We can see everything. The guests can see everything. So we will be following her lead. And when she's ready to move forward, we can get to some uh, questions and comments and that sort of thing. Yeah. And if you disagree, be kind. You don't have to be mean. Disrespect the guest. You disrespect the host. Just got to say that. Yeah. And then you get kicked out of the house. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> so, has to be. Has to be. So yeah, anyway. So hello, everyone. I know. Michelle just told you that she is discussing, uh, CL Thomas will be discussing her book, Dancing with Demons. Uh, she was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. After graduating from Belmont University, she moved to Nashville in pursuit of a career in communications and photojournalism, where she lived for 15 years. CL travels widely as a fine arts photographer and writer exploring various afterlife research, OBEs, metaphysics, folklore, and paranormal events and group events. She is the host of Small Town Tales podcast, content writer for entertainment and author. Please welcome CL Thomas to our show. We're waiting. Oh, because <laughs> I can't see because I'm in another window. I Just know. A, a little bit of information because I didn't remember this until yesterday when I posted our promo. Yes. 
you can get, when you do your memes and your stories, look for Dr. Snick. He's on that list. Ah. His music, because I always play his music for our promos because he is the artist behind the Outer Realm. So, yes, I, you know, he and of course, well, he's a musical artist, but yes. the Outer Realm, yes, the musical artist, visual artist. So, he's our visual he artist, are so, just artistes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> good at choosing wine. I know, but I know. um. Yeah, so I just a little a little heads up because I'm gonna miss it in the in the station ID. I know I'm gonna forget by then because it just clicked. Right when you mentioned him, I'm like, wait a minute, you can pick him for a meme. I know for a story, not a meme. He's got a lot on there. And our guest is here. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think people go check him out. He's always putting good stuff out. So we're yes. really grateful for him. Yes. All right. Guest of honor has arrived. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for letting me do this. Oh, oh my gosh. Pleasure. Thank you for being here. We've been looking forward to it. <laughs> it's great. So, well, how was your Halloween? It was good. It was quiet. Um. I had about 160 kids come That's by. That's <laughs> That's like a mortgage payment. Just trying to filter <laughs> off all these candies and treats. I think we I had know, like I, 20. We're like, yeah, you, we're excited we had 20. Because we moved here and the neighbor's like, oh, we don't get children. We're like, what? No children? That's crazy. Oh, see, I'm like, you must live in a neighborhood with a lot of little, little ones. I do families. Yeah. 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 So Vegas That's has why. a lot of little pockets with a lot of families. Yeah. In Southern Islands, so there's a lot of kids over here. Oh, I love it though. Makes sense. That's the best though. Halloween's about the kids. It is. It's about the kids. I love it. I love watching them dress up. Mind you, I say that, you know, for, for myself or like ever, it's been a lifestyle. So, you know, the whole house is always, spooky and and you know we had like we had like real skulls and taxidermy and all kinds of things all over the house that was just normal decor but now i have a grandson my that's not allowed to have that out <laughs> oh <laughs> you know, my son's like don't do that <laughs> oh, all right it's <laughs> amazing know? how they have children they move out and they have children and they still direct on how you're allowed to have your house i know <laughs> it yeah, doesn't ours. end what it doesn't end when they move out they still continue <laughs> I know. I know. That's okay. Little man's worth it. So welcome <laughs> to the outer realm. <laughs> and wow. Um, I've been, when I, when I saw, you know, you come across my, my Facebook feed and uh, I saw the, the title of the book and as I've spent two decades working um, in malevolent hauntings and demonic attachments, I'll have, you know, alleged demonic attachments because it's pretty convoluted, but so I thought I I really need to approach you as I know you would have been perfect fit for our show. And we've been really excited um, to hear all about your research and, you know, what got you to the point of writing this specific book. Um, so why don't we start with humble beginnings? Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings with experiences. Well, I mean, you don't, somebody doesn't just randomly say, I'm going to write a book on this because it's <laughs> yeah, <very> dark. <laughs> That's very cool. Take it I away, Ciel. <laughs> I have to say, it was it was a very hard piece to write. I, I've been trying to put it out for two years, and it seemed like every time I was about to put it out, something major in my life would happen to kind of stop that. 
So it's been like a two years. It might even be over two years now that I've been trying to put it out. So I went wow. through like a tornado. It, it seemed like spirit was trying to stop me from putting this piece out or even talking about it. Mm. Like That's a negative, like negative entities stopping or just spirit around you? Negative entities. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense in this field. Yeah. Right. I know that sounds crazy, but that's kind no, of what I feel like. It's not crazy. It doesn't no. sound crazy at all. It sounds it's an it infiltration. Sounds, right? It sounds normal. Yeah. Like it really does sound normal, especially so, if you're exposing things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Good point. So I grew up with the paranormal. I've been seeing spirits and ghosts since I was two years old. I keep looking over here because my cat, I forgot to lock him out. Oh, that's so okay. We okay. have people bring their pets on all the time. We <laughs> have ours go through too. Don't worry. My daughter has a Maine Coon. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lock him out too. <laughs> it's my Maine Coon. He's up here climbing around. I just never know yeah, what he's going to do. Take up your whole screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been seeing ghosts since my earliest memory is of spirits in my bedroom growing up. So mm -hmm. it's always been around, but I've never feared it until this particular haunting that I've had in Nashville. It was like a game changer for me. Okay. Okay. What so basically you're no stranger to all sorts of paranormal activity. So why did it become a game changer? Let's, let's speed up to Nashville. Why don't you tell us what that was like and, and uh, what it was like to live there and what were you experiencing? Oh, that could be a whole show. That's so, where we're here. <laughs> yeah. We still have two hours. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. I go for broke. <laughs> the spirit realm for me was always a comforting thing since a very early age. I know a lot of uh, mediums and people who, who are sensitive often talk about um, how fearful they were growing up because they didn't know what it was and they would see scary shadows and scary figures and things like that. That was not at all my experience. Mine was all comforting spirits. I had spirit friends. Um, I had relatives visiting me. Just a total, completely different, magical spirit spirit realm life, I guess, growing up. Um, at the time, I had a great-grandmother as well who kind of taught me, this is okay. This is just your great-grandfather, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I've always had that reassurance anyway. Um, with Nashville, it just didn't occur to me that you should fear this stuff. Nashville, um, when it got to the point where I had a, there was a lot of things that were going on in this house, first of all. Two people actually passed away on the property that mm -hmm. we think has something to do with the paranormal activity. Um, it was also the site of some other activity that I can't disclose. It was some um, really bad thing happened there that was in the news and stuff that I can't right. disclose. That's okay. Um, so it, it had a history, basically. It has a history for okay. sure. Okay. And when it got to the point where it destroyed my relationship and then I had a, a new roommate move in when my ex moved out, um, it started picking apart me and my best friend's relationship as well. So it was like attacking mentally, um, not only on a spiritual level, but on a mentally, on a mental level with my relationships and everything. Um, it started making me very isolated to the point where 
I was just so honed in and oppressed by this entity that all I wanted to do was sit around and try to communicate with the spirit. I was no longer interested in hanging out with friends or anything. It was mm-hmm. the strangest. Uh, but then it, it kept escalating, of course, you know, like a, a storm, how it develops. I got scratched. I ended up getting um, physically hurt from this thing. And then things were moving around the house. We were seeing shadows. Uh, voices were telling me to get out, like an angry voice. We were. I was seeing a hooded figure around. I saw that several times. And it just got to the point where I was afraid to sleep with the light out. I could no longer sleep with the light out because the moment I would turn that light off and try to go to bed, something would sit on the bed or something. You would hear something shuffling across the room. Mm. You would see shadows darting about. You would hear children when there's no children in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was just very oppressive Mm -hmm. nature of this. Right. It's typical behavior. you know, it's it's the game of what I always call the game of divide and conquer. And I noticed Wayne put it there as well. It's isolating you from anyone that could give you inner strength, isolating you from mm-hmm. your faith, isolating you from anything or anyone. The idea is for you to make it the center of pretty much your universe. Yeah, and that's exactly what was happening, not only to me, but also to both of the roommates that I've had, my ex and my best friend that was living with me. Mm-hmm. It affects it, everybody in the home. Well, yeah. and it's and it's the subtle, it's the subtle things. It starts off so slowly. And then as soon as you initiate that contact, that contact is, is initial, I mean, it's essentially some kind of an invitation because you're initiating right, right contact or you're acknowledging. So once, how long did it take from the time that you, I guess, initiated that contact or accepted that contact from the time it started really amping things up for you? Probably within weeks. It didn't take very long. And it was because, I'll tell you why, though. It's because we were so in tune with it. And I was almost just obsessed with it, to be honest with you. It, yeah. it had a hold of me so much that. Yeah. yeah. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, beyond fascination by mm-hmm. this point. I've, I've heard that many times people um, like they, they give you the sense. And for some people, like you're fortunate that you had a roommate, you had a friend and, and your, your boyfriend at the time or your, you know, your partner, you had somebody with you. There are people who feel so isolated and so alone to start with that these things have a way of making them feel like I'm the only one that loves you. Nobody mm. understands you the way I understand you. Nobody mm. will will give you everything I can give you. And it gets to a point that even when you remove them, people feel so depressed and feel so lost that they try to reestablish a connection. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have days like that? Like they'll punish you by going quiet and not communicating with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you almost feel like a sense of void. 
It's funny you mention that because there's a, there's a guy, David Childers, that I talk to every now and then, and he's had similar experiences. He calls it the call of the void. Yeah. Where they'll just, um, it's almost like taunting you mm-hmm. to destroy yourself. Like it'll go quiet and then something happens where you, it's almost like an addiction, I guess, too, where mm-hmm. you just you crave that next thing. Well, Sorry. I think. I, that's okay. No, it's okay. I can feel the heaviness <laughs> in you. I, I think it becomes um, that exactly. You feel like if you don't comply, they ignore you for a while. And then you get, like you say, it feels addictive. You get those withdrawals. And then you start to feel abandoned. You have a sense of abandonment. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel so alone. And then they come back and, you know, either full force to knock you on your behind, to keep you in line, or you get little bits and pieces again to make you yearn. Exactly. You're exactly right. Well, and it's interesting. She hasn't seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's well. interesting too, that they seem to pinpoint people who are already isolated. Like I come from a bad childhood. Um, and the interesting thing too, is the two women who had passed away that was on that property. Um, both of them were isolated as well from their families. Both of them didn't have any families. Um, mm-hmm. and they were just by themselves. So one lady, our house was, was a duplex. So it was a, it was a house built in the seventies. It wasn't even old and it was divided by one wall between the two of us and directly across the parking lot was another house that this other lady lived in within just a couple of weeks of each other. One of them passed away just out of the blue. Um, we're, we're still not sure if it was like a drug overdose. We kind of suspect it may have been or a suicide. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. when she passed away, the landlord pretty much hired a um, crew to come in and just clear out the house because there was no next of kin. There was no friends, nobody to come in and do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman across the way, she was an alcoholic. She fell down the stairs. Um, the only person she had was her daughter who disowned her. And again, that same landlord had to hire another container. So it was like two containers in our parking lot at one time where they're dumping these people's lives pretty much wow. into the bins. There's well, something to that. They're not bound by anything physical, so they can move between people, apartments, anything like that. There's no restrictions. I think it would be interesting to see, especially with the um, non-disclosed event <clears throat> that took place. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to see who brought this in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because there, it sounds to me like there's a whole series of bad luck happening, bad things happening. Um, it's hard for me to think that everybody was just having a hard time and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody's affected by the same thing. But it's, it's like, what came first? You know, the chicken or the egg? It's it's a curiosity mm. to see, because typically speaking, you know, they'll tell you the different stages of a demonic infestation that does start with some kind of invitation. And when you say in the end these people died, that is the end result, which is soul energy. Whether Mm -hmm. they get you to kill yourself, whether they give you a little push down the stairs, whether they get you to kill someone else and yourself, which is a double bonus for them, it always ends in some kind of death. At least that is 
the hopes if you don't get any help. Bubbles, right. what are your thoughts? I was just wondering if through all of this, if you realize that because what I'm getting is that you were all led to the same place. You didn't choose to live there. You were guided. Everyone there was guided to live there for a reason. Yeah. It's interesting that you would say that too, because for a long time, um, you know, growing up with the paranormal, that's one thing. But then when I got to school, I was so focused on medical school and I was trying to, you know, really advance myself career wise. That's all I was focused on. So my ex at the time, he was in medical school and was doing clinicals. Um, there was nothing about this house at all that indicated that it would have been haunted. And for me, um, being a sensitive, I was not focused on that area of my life at all. I just wanted to get through school and, and I was running track at the time and was very busy. And paranormal was certainly not anything no. until all, this house, the events in this house woke all of that up. And it's been such a changing thing for me. Like it's made me more spiritual and mm -hmm. I reconnected with the mediumship side of my life growing up. Um, just so much more to it mm -hmm. that a lot of it's not in the book that about the spiritual side and how I reconnected with all of that. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly right. That's to me is, is the one thing. It's the faith how people lean. I mean, eventually whatever it is that gives you strength mm -hmm. is, is there is your ticket out, you know, um, can you talk more about some of the other experiences you had? Like what about the people living with you? What were they experiencing? So my ex boyfriend at the time, he went through like a complete change within just a few short weeks of being in the house. Wow. And it, it actually attacked him first. Um, he would never admit that because he's a scientific doctor now, you know, of course. Right. But um, we are still friends. He went on and, and married and has a wonderful life up in Michigan. But, yeah, he would never admit that he was affected by a spirit. And his demeanor just completely changed. He went from being this gentle really caring guy into this angry, I can't even put words to it. He was just right. angry all the time, very violent. He wasn't abusive. He was just very violent. Like he would throw stuff. He punched a wall, just stuff like that. He mm. was always angry. Out of character. Me. Yes. Out of character for sure. Right. Um, just to see that kind of a change in somebody just that quickly mm -hmm. was, it was scary. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in bed one night and he had come home from somewhere. And it, and this is by then he was very isolating himself. Like he was, he was by himself all the time. He was sleeping in the living room, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was in the bathroom and he started screaming, get out at something or someone. And so I got up and I said, I said to him, what are you yelling at? And he said, I just saw a shadow. And I don't know what's going on. He's like screaming and yelling and carrying on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, yeah, it was, that sounds like an attachment. Yeah. So long story mm -hmm. short, I had to ask 
move out because I thought he was going crazy. I was not experiencing the stuff in the house that he was at this time. Like mm -hmm. I would, I would know little things, but mm -hmm. I wasn't quite attributing it to paranormal just right. yet. Right. Um, but there was things that would go on. Like uh, he was very particular about where keys should go, where purses, shoes, all that stuff. You couldn't just come in the door and put your purse down. It had to go in a specific place. He was one of those kind of guys. Right. But objects were moving around. So put the keys up, they would end up somewhere else. And then he would blame me for it. You know, that kind of thing was going on. Inner fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Divide and conquer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that happened with him. And then my roommate moved in. Um, we're best friends. We both live here in Vegas. She started experiencing stuff slowly as well. First, it was the shadows. Then she started hearing people. Um, she was in her bath. I think the thing that did it for her was she was in the bathroom taking a shower or something. And she said, that, like, she had a one of those wall shelves that had all of her shampoos and stuff on it. She said all of it just came down at one time. Like somebody just took their hand and, and swiped it across and mm -hmm. everything fell. In. That's when she became really scared and she started yeah, searching. Course. She was searching for somebody to help us and started looking around um, for a paranormal team to come in, which was very hard to find back then. This was 10 years ago. Right. Right. Well, I always get funky with um, with paranormal teams because uh, I'm I've I've only I'm relatively new at, at 20 years, <laughs> well, you know, because there are people who've been at it for you know 30, 40, 50, like yeah. it's crazy. Because um, I went through that, a lot of that same stuff when I was much younger, and there wasn't back then. I mean, that we were the original mm -hmm. Ghostbuster era, you know, <laughs> like it just yeah. wasn't. It was it was they were out there like Ed and Lorraine Warren, people like that, they were out there, but they were just few and far between. Yeah, now I find there's so many people that do it. There's some, you know, some teams will just say, no, it's not our thing. And they'll help you find somebody who's, who can assist. Um, I've never done benign, you know, hauntings very often. Like I'm I just, I would put those off because I just had, more i had more interest in researching darker things because it's what i experienced and i was able to help myself because it, like you say it really wasn't anybody to turn to and i applied a lot of what i did for myself in helping other people for years and years and years you know and now you know amelia and i do them together and we have a team um you know and and we do clear people and, you know, so it, they're out there, they're out there, but there are a lot of people out there who are just really interested in getting the evidence, which, yeah. and it's again, yeah. The, like, yeah, you know, the million dollar thing. I've got like, I've got hundreds of hours of EVPs of growly things and things calling me every name <laughs> in the book, and, you know, and, and it got to a point where I, I stopped investigating because I came to the realization that people don't want you to go in and communicate with something that they want gone.
because right. it is a form of invitation and it is not my right to go into somebody's home and ask to communicate with something that I'm going to leave behind and it will follow, but it will, it will still go back to its original, you know, nest, as I say, you know, where, where mm -hmm. it originated from. So I don't have that. Right. So I, I'm, I have a bit of a different view. You're exactly right too. Um, you know, honestly, you don't really hear a lot of people investigating um, personal homes anymore, or you almost never hear about people actually helping anyone with haunting. <laughs> anymore. It's all about events and, you know, these famous places and yeah, mm -hmm. that you're like right. That. about that. That's a good point. You're right. I never stopped to think about that because we do help, but I never stopped to think I haven't heard anyone say, or I was at this home or, and we heard more of that four years ago. Mm-hmm. People don't people, talk about that anymore. People You're tried. Right. That's a good point. I think it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, give even, you know, chime in with your thoughts, but because I've done tons of paranormal television throughout, you know, the last couple of decades. And it does it help? I found it's help it helped people to find me if they if they needed me throughout all the years. But I didn't do investigative shows either. Per se. So do you think the claim to fame and, and, and the market being flooded with shows and now with social media, they're saying, oh, tell us your stories. And, you know, I, I have filled seasons for producers because of the amount of people who approach me saying, no, I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. And now there's just an abundance. It's almost as though, is that what it's all about? Do you think? About the fame? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's what it's come down, what it's come down to? You know, I think for a lot, unfortunately, I think this is where you need to separate um, the paranormal into two categories. There's your entertainers mm, and then right. there's your people who are really out there who want to help in spirit. Right. Yeah. So you have, to weed them, you have to weed through them because yeah. there are more that are there for the fame, which is really sad than there mm. are. The ones I always say, the ones that help, you never hear about because they're always working, and they you're don't exactly look for right. that. They just look to like Michelle have have some kind of you know media where they can have people see them and say, "Hey, I'm here. I can help you. This is how you reach me." Mm. But the rest of them, they want to do shows and paracons just because I, they want to sign an autograph picture. I've turned you know? down my own series so many times. Because I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. <laughs> just it'll come out with some crazy thing. It's like, no, no. It's just everything about that is wrong. <laughs> so, you know, you you have you have to um, hold on to whatever integrity you have. And then I, you know, when I because when I look at you, and I've seen, you know, I'm listening to your story, and I think in my mind about how many people I've sat across who look at you as though you are the last hope for assistance, you know, like mm -hmm. you say you had a hard time finding somebody. Did you find eventually somebody who could help you or was it an uphill battle? And did you ever get that help? Oh no, it was definitely an uphill battle. So my roommate did find a paranormal investigative team back then to come in and, um, they did a good job. So 
they told me to go away for the weekend because I was kind of the focal point. And um, so I went away and they did their investigation and they caught all these EVPs about little children saying, where's Crystal? Where's Crystal? Um, right. <laughs> it was just crazy. But at the end of the day, I think they meant well. I think the approach was off because their lead investigator came and she met with me. She played all the EVPs and pretty much turned to me and said, I was at fault for that haunting. I had invited it in. It was all my fault. Now she's right. She's absolutely right to some extent. However, the approach was bad because it automatically, I was not in that place to exactly hear that. I, and with the depression and the anger and everything else, it was just not a good approach. Mm. So at the end of the day, they were not able to help. And their number one thing to help was to send in a priest, which at the time I was not Catholic. Um, I was more into Wiccan. My background is yeah. Ju Judaism and Catharsism, but mm -hmm. still it just didn't, it didn't line up with my beliefs. Yeah. Right. Um, that priest did come in and when he left, it worked for a little while, like maybe a few days, it was quiet, but then that activity stirred up. He refused to come back to the house oh. and you know how that goes. Same old story. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to wonder if he should have been here in the first place though. But it has yeah, to be your belief system because yeah. you have to yeah. believe it and you have to have faith in it. Yeah. So that is, that investigative team, they, they were good. Um, I don't have any, I think it was just a, I wasn't in the right place to hear what she was saying to me at the time. And I think the approach should have been a little different. I but. agree with you on that, but I don't feel like you necessarily invited this in as much as you were coerced to. I think sometimes people who go through these things don't realize it's part of your path. It's part of your future. So things happen for a reason and it could look like you're inviting it in, but they just sign of course you so that they get in. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I kind yeah. of jumped back when you said, she said, this is your fault. I'm just like, oh. it, it sounds to me like you, you moved into a place that already had, this house guest because yeah. of everything mm -hmm. that's happened all of this tragedy doesn't usually happen in the same place um unless there's something you know in the midst there so i, I think you were a victim of circumstance and to say you were at fault you know I mean, you know how common it is in demonic infestations to hear children voices? It's just like mimics, like they just mimic any sound, any, mm -hmm. and you know, they, they can make you see whatever they want you to see, you know? Yeah. And they like that because at first we were like, oh, there's children here, right? Oh, it's a cute little girl. Because <laughs> it puts your guard down, doesn't it? Yes. Does it put your guard yeah. down when you feel, oh, it's just children and, and mm -hmm. yeah, see? So I don't know. I really mm -hmm. feel like you were a victim of circumstance. I don't ever agree with somebody coming in and laying 
laying blame, so to speak. I think people, I mean, if you're calling them out, you know, you're calling them out, you know, and, and you have to be honest with your, your researchers who are coming in, the researchers who come in, you know, trying to make you feel like they're rescuing you isn't the best approach either. You know, you right. have to, you have to go in there with yeah. some humility. You have to be humble. They can't discipline you like a no. child, especially right there where everything's happening. Cause it just shows you have no control. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've always gone in basically thanking the people for having faith in me to take the weight and to help them. Not the other way around, even though people are very grateful. You know, I've had people drop at my knees and I'm just like, uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's just, just you're, you're just really messing with my humility. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, um, because you want to go in and be humble. You have to be respectful even to these things, even though faith says, well, you know, you don't, you, you have to hold your ground. Yes, you have to hold your ground, but you also have to be respectful of something. It's, it's like, you know, it's like going to the zoo. Would you poke the bear? Would you poke the tiger? Of course you wouldn't. So why would you do it to an invisible like, one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's my analogy. <laughs> yeah. The invisible tiger. I, no. I the tiger. <laughs> so see, like, <laughs> so I don't know. No, I agree with Michelle hundred percent. I mean, that's why I learned so much from her. Yeah. It's like common sense. So that aside, though, they did, um, the their team did bring forth some stuff that we didn't know, such as we knew the property was on the on the front line of the Battle of Nashville. There was there's a plaque like right on, on the road in front of the house that from the state that marks that. But um, what we didn't know was that they were able to pull some old maps out of the Nashville archives and where our house was. Our house was an old. It was built like in the 70s or something. Mm -hmm. It was kind of made to look old to match the surrounding area. Um, but what they found was there used to be a plantation house that owned that. And the slave quarters are recorded to have been on the place where our property was. Mm. So that was one thing they found. So we don't know what atrocities may have happened with the plantation, of course. Wow. There's always stuff there. Um, so, so if there's blood on the land, that might actually be your clue as to why there would be something so malevolent taking mm -hmm. up space there. Yeah. That might make sense. I mean, whether it's, you know, the southern states, whether it's war, whether it is, you know, civil war. If there's plantations, you're going to have probably have been involved in the civil war at some point within a nearby area. Right. Yeah, right. not to mention how many slaves were killed on the plantation. Yeah. 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 See, Wayne makes a good point with this as well. Yeah. You know, the ground can be just as haunted as the house itself. That's the case with my house. 1812, War of 1812, yeah. I built a new house here, and I all I kept thinking was, I was very young, we were getting married, and all I kept thinking was, I don't have to worry about a haunted house because it's all brand new. Mm. It just doesn't work that way, does it? I too had a priest come in who would spray the holy water in the entryway and would not walk yeah, through the rest right. of the house. 
my mother and I blessed this house. So yeah, I understand that bit. (laughs) That's why I said, I'm wondering if that priest should have been there to begin with, you Mm. know, and sometimes we're not supposed to, you know, tread in certain places, you know, we're the intruders, but well, yeah, the house has a history, the land has a history, and um, your researchers help you locate a lot of this information as as they should. So that's that's really awesome because at least it gives you something to work with. Mm-hmm. So what stage did you go on? Did you go through from there with, with cleansing? Because obviously the priest didn't work. Yeah. Well, there for me there was no cleansing. It it, it all came to a head for me. And so I know this sounds really bizarre. I went completely into depression. I was very suicidal. I think I tried to commit suicide while in the house. Mm. Um, it was affecting me on so many different levels. I've, you know, I just, I lost my faith. I, I pushed everybody out of my life. I dropped out of school and started a new, a different career, just the whole deal. Um, it was, it was basically like a, a breakdown. Um, so I wasn't feeling well physically along with the depression and everything else and went to the doctor. I ended up with stage two cancer, which I, I, I know this is like on walking on a limb here, but I feel like this haunting may attribute it to that. And I'm not saying that the paranormal causes cancer. That's not what I'm saying. And I hope your audience, um, stress helps. (laughs) No, no, no. You're not far off in your belief, though. But I feel like with the other cases that happened in this house and and on the property, with people passing away and getting sick, I really do feel like that the cancer was almost like a manifestation added on to everything else. So when I was in the hospital um, going through surgery and radiation, my roommate got a group of friends, packed up all of our stuff and moved. She just moved all of our stuff into another house. So Not a bad idea because you would have come in in a, a weakened state, mm-hmm. which would have made you more vulnerable. Do you yeah. find that being having been taken out of the situation, were you starting to feel... Like, I mean, it's very, I won't, it's, it's a sort of a double-edged sword question because you're going through chemotherapy. <laughs> you're not going to feel better. But I mean, spiritually speaking, were you feeling better being away from this entity in the house or did it follow? You know what? The, that haunting never left me. It's, it's with me to this day. Right. But the, the feelings of going into the house and feeling that heaviness it was like a fog was forever in the house. No matter how many lights were on, there was always that darkness and heaviness in the house. That was gone immediately. Right. It was yeah. Yeah. Right. It felt right. lighter. Even the lights were brighter. It's just, it's hard to explain. No, it's, it's, it's actually very, very, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Things, having them there is like the darker than dark if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And when, when everything lifts, that's, that's what people say. It just felt and looked brighter and lighter. Right. So yeah. you moved. 
<laughs> and <clears throat> you moved. Obviously, it followed. Um, no. So that okay. particular entity has not followed me. It's okay. But so I do follow up with the with the homeowner. On you know, just from time to time. Um, people generally only stay there for less than a year. Um, right. Oh, so have, this thing's still there. Yeah. So, and the other thing is too, um, we we had a flood a few years ago, and it pretty much flooded the entire place out. So it, it just seems like one thing after another happens with this place. Right. <laughs> That's normal. Right. That's the idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the idea. I should say common, not normal, because it's not no, normal, common. But it's common, yes. I've had mm -hmm. I've had people say, you know, they've owned houses that they're like, this place is a money pit, that really active, um, like hauntings. Um, and usually they're darker hauntings. It's like whenever they would get a few dollars, something major would go on in the house uh, <clears> or in their lives that would make them spend it all. They could just never, ever, ever get ahead. It was like being a hamster on a wheel, just always going through motions, never getting ahead, never being able to get out. That's an interesting concept because one of the things that I believe in what you read a lot with negative entities and demonic forces and that kind of thing, they tend to um, attack people who are in poverty or who have addictions who come from a line of abuse. Uh, there's a reason for that. I know that Hollywood is always looking at the demonic with like head spinning and beds levitating. And you hear mm -hmm. it even today with investigators, they'll go into a place and they'll say, oh yeah, we've only seen like maybe one demonic haunting out of a hundred. Well, maybe mm -hmm. we're not looking at it correctly. Maybe it works a little different than, than what, what you're looking for. Maybe it's it's when you're sitting there thinking about suicide. How do you know it's not an, another entity playing with you? I you know what I mean? agree. And I, I'm not saying that all depression and all that kind of stuff is caused by demonic entities. I'm just going to put that statement out there. No, it, it can, but it can also amplify it, right? Like, right. I know like they, amplify, yeah. they amplify pre-existing conditions. I mean, mm -hmm. if you are depressed, again, it's like the chicken and the egg, which, which, which came first. Did, yeah. you know, did it cause your depression? Because what they tend to do is not let you sleep, not let you eat, divide you mm -hmm. from people who love you, isolate you completely, uh, yeah, and, and, and the list goes on. So mm -hmm. it can cause depression and anxiety. But if you already have it, and addictions, if you already have it, of course that's what they want to keep instilling in you. Exactly. They don't want you strong. They want you weak. They don't want you fighting mm -hmm. back. And they don't want anybody in your life that will help you fight back. That's mm -hmm. why so many researchers, because I've got have had it happen to me so many times, will get visits and they'll be they'll be infiltrated and they themselves take a risk every single time they go to investigate a location that has the sort of um, potential activity. I mean, you do researching, you know, do you yeah. find you gravitate towards these type of hauntings or infestations or do you try to keep it more benign? 
you know, to tell you the truth, um, I think once you're drawn to something like that, or you experience something like that, I should say, those kind of cases are more drawn to you. I don't know how many times in the last two years that I've been um, on an investigation and all of a sudden I'm working on a suicidal case. It's happened multiple times where I'm able to, and that's a good thing because I'm able to help the person from being in their shoes. Right. So it's not all bad. No. But no. Um, I'm going to just want to back up one quick minute because it's going to kind of wrap back around to what we're talking about now. When you lived in Nashville and these people who passed away in the house before you moved in, um, mm -hmm. were they still in the house? Because these entities, they're known to be like at times hold other spirits hostages in place if they're grounded because i've got tons of evps of spirits running from growlies as i say so do you know if they were still there i don't know that's a good question i do know that um the woman who lived in in the same house as us so it was on the other side of us mm -hmm. she um she was a very we never saw her we lived in, I lived in the house for several months before I actually even mm -hmm. seen her. And I just happened to see her one night. It was in June and she was obviously on her way to a St. John's Eve, um, um, ritual thing. It was midnight and she was dressed up and going out. And I knew that look, cause I, you know, I was already in Wiccan. I knew exactly what, what was happening. Mm -hmm. And we just had, we just met by chance and she was in her robe and going off. And I thought, Oh, we have something in common. She's in, she's into Wiccan or, or voodoo or whatever it was that she was practicing. Obviously she's into something um, along those lines, but then I never got to talk to her again. Right. So she was into something that she could have been calling forth spirit somehow in the first place in the same right. house. Right. Um, what's interesting is, is all the activity in the house was in my back bedroom. There was a walk-in closet in a bathroom and in my bedroom. And that wall is what shared the wall with hers mm -hmm. in the house. And that's where all the activity manifested was in between those walls right there in that hallway. Mm -hmm. And so there's something to that. She did right. die in the house. Um, it's funny because I started hanging out at a shop because I was trying to get answers and I found a shop called Goddess in the Moon and I met some people there and one of the guys there wanted to do a seance in my room and I didn't know any better at this time. So yeah, yeah he came in <laughs> and we're sitting there and with the lights out and everything and it starts spelling out stuff in French. It was like a different language. We couldn't even figure out what was going on, but right. I almost felt like I can't explain how I knew, but it felt like something from next door, but I wasn't quite sure what. There was two things going on. First I picked up like a, a trapper and then I picked up something on the other side of the, of the house during that seance, but right. long story short, Right. Yeah, I feel like it could have been. Right. Maybe it was too low to actually pick that up because 
it always takes a few months. You know? Well, they could very well block that energy. I was just curious because when you're working with, with families or you're working, when you mentioned, you know, working on suicides, uh, you know, they tend to sometimes, most of the time, depending on the faith or obviously state of mind, if you're a faith, person of faith, they'll tell you, oh, you're not allowed to take your own life. That's a sin. You can't do it. Sometimes they, they will be held back because of that belief system, not that because it's a fact. Or what kind of a mindset do you have to be in to take your own life? And that usually can hold them back as well. So it's a curiosity if you're working these cases and you know there's there's something dark around, are they you know, are you moving people onward? Do you know if they're still there in these different cases you work? We always um, check with them. So I haven't had any cases where, where I was helping someone and actually moved somebody on, but I have been on, um, in a ghost town where that is, where I have helped somebody move on. Right. I know okay. that because when I went back, I heard a help me from a female in a remote ghost town out here in Nevada. And I started doing prayers of the dead and things like that. And just to kind of wake them up a little bit so that they would move on or know yeah. that, you know, um, you know, there's something else there for them. Right. And when I went back in the same voice, I got another EVP that said, thank you. Oh, that's nice. yeah, it's a beautiful so, feeling, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very rewarding, isn't it? Yes. So um, we're just getting to, uh, I'm going to back up for questions and comments um, before we get uh, a little too further ahead. Um, one second. There was a question. I'm looking. <laughs> um, okay. I was oh, looking to here. <clears throat> okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, here it is. There's a lot of comments. I'm sure you can see them as well. Let me just lose the banner here for a bit so we can see your face. <laughs> there we there go. There we go. Yeah. Go ahead. Jason <laughs> Dragon. Hello, darling. Uh, what do you think about a house that you physically moved to? Sorry, what do you moved think about a house that you physically moved to another area? Would the energy from town one move to town two as well so that's what we were yeah mentioning um where you followed or i mean what are your thoughts do you think they can move around with you absolutely yeah they can move with you yeah i think though that's where you have to come to the point where you really take back your own power and kind of stand up to whatever oppression it is you have to make mm -hmm. that decision like People can only help you so much in these kind of cases. Um, there's an example I use in the book from Hans Holzer with, he had a case in, in, I think it was Tyler, Texas, where this family was physically being abused by a negative entity. All kinds of really crazy stuff was going on in this house. And there was like flies and, and, all kinds of weird stuff. Just look up the case. Mm -hmm. But the youngest boy, Andy, was the one that was taking the brunt of the activity. And Hans Holzer says he regrets that he wasn't able to actually help Andy. He wasn't able to connect with him and help him because by then Andy was already 
isolated and angry and you know how adolescence is to begin with. Yeah. And then you add an oppression on top of that, it's a perfect storm. So the family moves and Hans Holzer kind of loses contact with him. And then years later, they find out that that haunting stayed with Andy way up in, until adulthood. And then he ends up, he committed suicide as a result of right. this haunting. His right. sister actually writes Hans Holzer to let him know that. Yeah. That's very sad. Alexandra's been on the show a couple of times um, and she's spoken about some of her father's cases and it is very difficult because you don't always know how to help somebody and not everybody mm -hmm. wants to be helped. And right. he, he had a great way of, you know, at least getting the answers, but right. you know, it's, it's very, very sad. Um, yeah. Amelia, Another one here. There we go. Sure. Yeah. Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Question. Is there a way to make oneself impervious or undesirable to attacks from spirits? You know, I don't have an answer to that. What are your thoughts? Mindset. It's mindset. Yeah, I, I, I do. I believe in mindset. I've, I've seen people change their mindset just by being empowered. You know, so many things, and maybe you can attest to this, you, you, you're going through all of this stuff. You're experiencing complete upheaval by something you can't see. Did you ever have anyone say to you, you're crazy, there's nothing going on? Just the fact that someone is believed, you believe me? All of a sudden, they don't feel so isolated anymore. And you're coming in and you're, you know, because I'm able to sit here across from you and substantiate some of the things you're saying because so many people I've worked with have have said the same sort of thing. So you start to feel empowered and you have to realize that these things can only exist and feed off of negative energy, which is why that's the type of energy they try to surround you with and surround themselves with. So it makes them stronger. You starve them. I always, I, I laugh at the whole love and light. Yeah, love and light, positive vibes, but that's what works. I think well, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's the same in life too, right? You can, you can choose to be affected by somebody else's words and by somebody else's actions, but at the end of the day, you get to choose. Mm -hmm. those particular feelings and how you're going to react. So the same would be in a spirit world too, right. where you decide, how am I going to react to this? Am I going to be, am I going to live my life in fear? Or am I going to empower myself and heal myself in spirit and move forward? Mm -hmm. How many people do you know that are just so downright skeptical and don't believe in any of this and you never see anything happen to them? Buddhists um, hardly ever have no. um, attachments of this this sort. And believe it or not, well, I remember where I was researching this exact thing, Catholics were the biggest targets. Yeah. They also have the biggest foolproof. You know, I've worked with rabbis. I've worked with different uh, different heads of different faiths. Yeah, the Jewish community. Because I work with the mindset it. and faith of the family. Yeah. Right? And... 
I always tell the story of working with um, a friend. A friend of mine was a, a born again minister out of North Carolina, and um, they had a team that traveled the world doing their versions of exorcisms. And the family I was working with, one was Muslim, the husband was Muslim, and and they were Christian. And the Christians, you know, I don't know if they flipped a coin, whatever it is they decided to do, but you know, the Christian. Um, these Christian people came in. So I called out to my friend and waited a year for these people. But when they came in, they had an entity that had infected two different households. One was a medium who was trying to assist initially uh, with the, the family. And they came in within two hours, got rid of like everything. And both houses cleared two hours and they do this thing called speaking in tongues. And I had never seen it at the time. I'm like, like I'm, I, I didn't know what to do or even how to behave because it, it almost sounds like gibberish. And yeah. they told me that goes, it sounds a lot like gibberish, doesn't it? I went, I have to say it. Yes. She goes, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because she just channels it and, and it just came out. But I had one of the best times with the rabbi because he was so wise and he's mm -hmm. so into the investigation part of it. The, the family mm -hmm. specifically asked for an investigation. They were they these these people owned like probably a hundred buildings in the city, like skyscrapers in the city that we worked in. Very wealthy, wanted to keep things very quiet. It was not a demonic infestation. It was a, a very benign haunting. And I agreed to do it because they were referred by a friend of a friend. And the rabbi was there and he's like, you know, this because I don't want to miss any of this. I want to participate in everything. Show me how everything works. And he, the guy got the best EVPs of the night. Like he did just, they were all over him and he's outlook on everything. And what he taught me about the old Testament and, and the, the Jewish faith, everything put a spin on how I would do things from that point. Because if you were Jewish, when you turn 55, it's a real treat with things that you learn when you turn 55. If you're really hardcore, I'm like, come on, because there's those secrets. And he goes, and some of the people who who learn the knowledge, he goes, many of them wish they had never they'd never found out. Like it's because once it, you learn it, you never you can't unsee it. No, it's exactly it. So, and then, you know, gave me like a, a, a Jewish Bible I couldn't read <laughs> because it was, it wasn't Hebrew. Language. It was in Hebrew. Yes. Now you have to find a good Jewish friend. I says, I know many. <laughs> yeah. Rabbis are incredible people to sit down with and talk yeah. to historically. Like they yeah. are just incredible. So I'm so, even though I was pre -old, raised. It's pre-Old Testament. Yeah. Even though I was raised Roman Catholic. I'm very attracted to Judaism. Like I'm very drawn to it, mm -hmm. but yeah. So your faith, did you, you lean on your faith? Did you, how do you deal with it now? Because I always say once you have had an experience with an entity, it's almost like you're marked. It is. And it, it's, I wanted to add to what you were saying too. Um, once you, I, I believe there is a spiritual war between good and evil. I don't care what religion you're in. It exists mm -hmm. all across the world. There's also demonic entities in every single religion, no matter what religion you are. Mm -hmm. So there's something to it. 
And I really do believe that there's like a, a, a battle between evil and good. So if you look at it from a battle standpoint, who are you going to take out first? You're going to take out the people who are working in the light and who are leaders. Those who can speak in spirit and, and do working in the light, those are going to be the ones attacked first, which is always going to be your mediums, those investigating, anybody that's open to, on on any kind of spiritualism, you're open for that attack. Yeah. Even, yeah. even when they don't know it. Sorry, my dog just bumped my chair. He's blind, so... <clears throat> More pet woos yeah. on pet the woos. outer realm. Yes. He's 15 years old. So he's like a 90-year-old man walking in the dark. Oh, right. So, yeah. And you just get his cold nose on your leg once in a while. I agree with you on uh, spiritual warfare. I, do, I agree with you on every aspect of it. Um, with everything going on now, I mean, I know we get a lot more messages more than you know i've probably gotten in years you know because you go through spurts and maybe mm -hmm. you find the same but with everything going on now there seems to be a loss of faith mm -hmm. as opposed to a point where maybe you should reach out to something that gives you that strength it's faltering right. somehow not with everybody but i'm noticing it with a lot of people which can yeah. create that breeding ground. Do you find that you're you're busier now? Do you find that you're encountering more of that? I am, yeah. But too, on the flip side of it too, I have met a lot of people who are waking up spiritually because of the whole COVID incident. Everyone was at home and they're all searching for answers. Mm -hmm. So I have come across a lot of people too who are waking up and getting more spiritual and realizing that, you know, maybe they can communicate with the higher power and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Right. And it's funny you say that because I would hear a lot of people would come and chat, especially during this time, you know, during the pandemic, we were having the shows and they were just realizing that I didn't know my house was haunted because they're spending more time at home and realizing right. the things are going on because uh -huh. when you work all day, you come home, you're tired, you deal with your yeah. children, you, you know, you have soccer practice, you have homework, then maybe you have two jobs, you have dinner, you go to bed, watch a show. You, you have no life. <laughs> yeah. But people were at home and yeah, it was either paranormal or they were making sourdough bread in that year. Like, it was just ridiculous. Am I not right? Like, seriously, everybody's looking for sourdough starter. I'm like, why is the flour missing from the shelves? But, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so. A lot of paranormal experiences during that time. We were very busy during that time. It was about 30 to 60 clearings a week. Yeah, and they, wow. no one's investigating. This is happening at home because they have the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Lord, please. Yeah. So, okay, we're gonna we're just gonna go back again. So you move. <laughs> you move. <laughs> you get sidetracked around here. It's just so we're missing is the wine. <laughs> so there's just so much to talk about in this, you know. There, no, there is. Come back. <laughs> yeah, we could do that too. So, <laughs> so did you? Your next place was it fairly benign? Did you experience anything? Because you made an interesting comment that this Nashville house, the haunting has always been with you. Mm -hmm. 
So, so the hauntings from that house, um, those did stop, but the spirit world continues. So it, it has woken me up spiritually to where now I don't, I see spirits again. They're in my life. They're very much part of my life. Um, I do a lot of spirit art because of it. I'm being trained by a, um, I don't know if he's famous or not. He's pretty popular. He's another spirit artist from, um, I forget, the Finley College. So I'm, I'm training nice. under him. Very nice. And yeah, it, it's it's led me down this whole path into um, being a better person and working in spirit and light. So good stuff has come out of it. Just like the the cancer thing, it's it's made me a better person right. in the long run. Right. So it's, it's like it's walking through darkness to find, to work in light. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it's it almost work that way. a calling. I, I really feel like there's a calling to help yeah. other people. I agree. I think when you, when you live through something like that, when you experience something like that, and you come out of that darkness, it does bring you to the light. And then you feel that need. I've always had, the calling is a perfect way to put it because I've often had people say, how can I make a difference? Because you come out of it feeling so enlightened. You're just so happy to see that bright light that you talk about. Everything felt lighter and brighter. I think it's on different levels. It's not just that you could physically see it and feel it. It really mm -hmm. consumes you. And people will say, what can I do to make a difference? Right. It, it yeah. infiltrates every aspect of your life, too. It does. It does. So you, you basically have, you know, lived through all of this. You've gone through fairly, let's say you moved away, fairly benign. Has anything like that resurfaced with you again? Or, or have you just picked something up along the way? Because I always say it's like a bullseye on your back once you have. Yes, I have been attacked after the fact. Oh. Not by the entity in that house, however. Um, okay. So long story short, I went to a haunted museum and took something oh. back with me. <laughs> <laughs> we know which haunted museum you're in vegas darn it <laughs> uh, no, that's not a secret but okay <laughs> you took something back with you yeah I you it everything was... closed off interesting <laughs> <laughs> my psychic mind wants to die but i won't okay <laughs> i respect your privacy the, it was the nasty haunting though um I had to get some help from somebody else to clear it out. And this individual told me to, to work with the angel Michael. And that was the first time I ever started working with an angel and it worked. Nothing mm -hmm. worked but that. Right. So it was another learning. Just one more learning step. Yeah. Yeah. I love He's it. Amazing. I have him on my neck. <laughs> He's amazing. You can work with so many, um, interdimensional or dimensional beings there's so many on the other side that are always ready and willing to assist mm -hmm. whether they're angels whether like we've worked with knights templar which have been part of like you know our family lineage 
um, and to come forward and they assist, you know, it's, it's all you've got to do is just expand that horizon and ask Bob's your uncle, really, <laughs> or, you know, or maybe uncle Bob, whatever they, they yeah. do, they, they do come and help. And archangels are always, and angels are always, I mean, it's what they're there for to help humanity. And I think people forget to, you know, maybe they feel foolish asking. I don't know what it is. You know what? My experience with that is, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're the guest. You go ahead. Your show. Go ahead. Um, when this person told me to call on Michael, I, my first thought was, this angel's not ever, I'm like lowered and low. He's not, I'm not worthy for an angel of that caliber to come into my life and help with anything. Mm -hmm. And come to find out it, it was totally wrong to think that way. That's like what it was the just darkness wants you to think. Mm -hmm. right. right. Yeah. So, so do you have a whole team of them now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> it always happens that way. I love that. Starts with <laughs> one. I love that. Wait till they start, start taking snipe comments at you. Then you know you're really in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, here we go. Wayne's. Uh, let me get the glasses. Let me get rid of the band. I'm going to leave the band off for a while because we can't see. Yeah. Stuff. These glasses are too thick for my headset. And I'm like, I am like a mess here right now. Okay. It's driving me crazy. But um, yeah, Wayne says, so many of us have been programmed from birth that things that go bump in the night are nothing more than the product of a vivid imagination. That makes anyone who believes otherwise crazy. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's so unfortunate too, because we are spiritual beings and we're energy in an energy world. So it would make sense mm -hmm. for spirit to exist in many different forms. Mm. Is what we're trained I th and I think what makes it really difficult is that conditioning, being made to feel foolish. We come across that um, with children. I've worked so with so many families through the years that it always it starts with a child because they're the easiest to infiltrate, you know, by these entities because children are innocent. They're easy to scare and they're easy to fool. But when a child will go to their parent, and say, I have like an imaginary friend or, or they, it, I think it's labeled by the parent, the imaginary friend, mm -hmm. but, but the, you know, the, the child is trying to explain that they're seeing things and the parent mm -hmm. is like, it's a very vivid imagination or that's nice. But then it's, it's the belittling part. Don't be stupid. That's not, it's not real. So now who do they turn to? They're afraid to even to say anything because they've just basically lost a support system. And these yeah. things know it, right? Right. So, it's I one know. of your goals. So, Amelia, do you want to do station sponsor ID? Tis that time. Sure, please. certainly, Thank my you. queen. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need my Thank glasses. Thank you. Where's my crown? <laughs> I have it printed like this. I know. <laughs> Dang it. Crazy. Um, you are listening to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoshi and Amelia Pizzano coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 105.3 and 107.7 FM, as well as the Roku channel. If you're watching us from Roku, 
Hello and thank you. And please share us up with your friends. We're just starting to build that audience and we appreciate you very much. Our guest tonight is C.L. Thomas and she's talking about her stories, her experiences and her new book. And I wrote this down so I don't forget because I'm trying to buy it by, from you, by the way, C.L. It's knocking me off the website. We'll talk about that in a second, <laughs> but uh, oh my gosh, classes, please forgive me with this one. Dancing with Demons, a Paranormal Encounter. And I think some of you at home, if you've had any experiences, might be able to relate with this. So you might want to pick up that book. Her website is clthomas.org, and that's where you can order one of her books or both. If you are just tuning in, no worries. You can stream our archives on any platform that you normally use. There's only about 250 of them. So remember to search United Public Radio and then The Outer Realm. Please click like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to share us with your friends and family. Of course, the big guys. We want to thank the big guys. To the wonderful people at Folgers Coffee for your continued support in sponsoring our show. We definitely wouldn't be here without you. We deeply appreciate you and we love you. We adore you. We thank you. Our fabulous banner and promo media is a big thank you to Steve McGinnis, horror illustrator, fantastic artist. Steve creates any commission. He creates commission pieces, sorry, with anything. It doesn't have to be horror. And he can be found on Facebook. That's Steve McGinnis. Loving our intro and outro? Well, thank you to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer, vocalist, and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp, stream on any platform. You can also find Dr. Snick on Facebook and Instagram, as well as I mentioned earlier in the show, because this is reminding me again. You can also choose his music. Search Dr. Snick when you're putting together a story post or um a post on Instagram, you'll be able to access his music as well. So if you're watching us right now on Facebook Live, on any of our pages or YouTube, make sure to give us a like, hit subscribe, and don't forget to share. Look at that cover. I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. I want to that in a culture and frame it. Oh, I love it. Do you know how much furniture I have with this guy? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I know. I love it. I was I actually it. ordering your book while you were talking. Then I realized it's not clicking to Canada. So I'll do that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful cover. Beautiful cover. Thank and I you. see you got the forward by Dave. Everybody loves Dave. Everyone loves Dave. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean... Uh, did you ever try reaching out to Dave when you were going through all this? <laughs> because he would have been your guy. Well, I didn't really know him that well enough to where I felt like that wouldn't be appropriate, you know? Right. But, right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, you know, part of, part of what he does too, you know? Um, well, I don't know. So what next now? How, how is life for you for CL now? And, uh, What's next for you? What's next for me? I am actually working on a historical fiction. And long story short, I was in um, Goldfield. That's like my backyard, Goldfield. Ah. And I was out in the cemetery there, and I saw a woman in the cemetery who she's buried under an incorrect name. 
And I was just drawn to her, her grave immediately and did some research on her and found out a little bit on her story is just incorrect, according to the tombstone. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to write a historical fiction on her. Um, I also want to work on a documentary about speaking the spirit. So okay. I want to interview kind of like ghost hunting, but more on a mediumship. Right. I think I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Everybody always focuses on the other side mm -hmm. of things, yeah. you know, the research. They don't look at the fact that there are really talented people who help all of these researchers. Right. And you get these researchers like, no, we don't use mediums. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a big show. How far, how far do you actually get in the investigation? There? I think it's because of a particular show on TV that only does the science of it. Probably a few. I think that's why. Yeah, probably a few. Yeah. So, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how far do you think a, research, a researcher could actually get? If the ghosts aren't talking, okay, let's just put aside everything. If the ghosts aren't talking or communicating, what are their chances of coming out and finding anything? I think it's pretty slim, but I think on the other, the flip side of it too, I've been on these investigations where you have these guys sitting around with a bunch of equipment and you know what happens? I've been in a room where I've seen a shadow go across the back of the wall. Mm -hmm. Everybody missed it because you know what you're doing? On <laughs> at whatever equipment, right? Right. So I feel like right. the equipment kind of gets in the way with us listening and yes. taking in the environment, yeah. you know? 100%. Yeah. Yes. I always say some of the most important things you can bring on an investigation is a piece of you know, pen and paper and common sense. Mm -hmm. Because... I'm sorry. It just, uh, the, I mean, I, believe me, I own, you know, probably about fifteen dollars to $20,000 worth of equipment because I used to do talks where people wanted to know, does this, is it real? Does it work? Okay, here it is. Yes, it's real. I own it. Does it work? There are better things that are cheaper right. or there's other ways of doing it. You don't need this stuff, but yes, here it exists that people would bring me in to do these, these, these uh, special features and talk to people. And I, I've always left with one thing that works the best and that's yourself. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, instinctive beings. We are, you know, energy, having a human experience. Don't lose sight of the fact that you can connect with spirit. So when you're talking about writing this book, you know, is that something that you're going to look to explore? People yes. tapping in themselves because they don't all think that they're they're able. Right. Well, for me, you know, what I do with the spirit art is I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. A client comes to me. I draw their whoever comes through to them. Doesn't always make sense to me. I just draw whatever it is and jot down some notes and give it to them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll start crying and it's not about proving the afterlife at all. It's more about validating, I guess, 
that their loved ones had some kind of communication with me Mm -hmm. um, and to leave them with that kind of hope. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. I'm not here to prove anything to anybody anymore. So it's, it's, it's great. I think it's a valuable tool, particularly with the spirit box in, in EVP work. Um, Those are my favorites. Right. But at the end of the day, I feel like we know this exists. How much evidence do we really need? I feel like we're just gathering evidence now. Mm-hmm. What next? What do we do with this evidence? Mm-hmm. What's the next level? Are, are we going to learn how to communicate with the other side? Mm-hmm. What do we do with this information? Does it make us better people? That's where mm-hmm. I'm at. I I think that's probably the most sensible thing that I've heard <laughs> yeah. in a really long time because... I, I think you're right. I, I I look at a lot of the shows that are out there right now, and, and believe me, I've spent like like two decades in the field, and I got to the point where I'm like, I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. I'm I'm bored with every. I mean, it's not that there's not great shows out there, but it seems to be the same thing. I mean, year mm-hmm. after year, and the formulas change. I know because I've been on the that the other side of the camera. Formulas change. They all follow the formula. It's the same thing. I have difficulty watching them now. You know, I've branched off into different fields, you know, because I believe and I've had many people I've worked with um, who've had extraterrestrial connections and contact during what was supposed to be a demonic type entity haunting and they they cross over into one another and i branch my research out that way and just dealing more on an interdimensional or dimensional level it's mm-hmm. like the standard i just struggle with now um to the point where i semi retired from film and 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 i'll still do other media I'll, you know i've done a couple of documentaries i don't mind that but you think you just get to the point where it's like you, it's all been done mm-hmm. so so what's yeah so what's the next level i think it is examining mediumship and it's not like it hasn't been done allison dubois you know from medium i mean she spent five years in a laboratory letting mm-hmm. people she's, poke and potter she's changed a lot though I'm she, you. she did one and, too many no one too many visits on real housewives of beverly hills no is it, she, yeah. she ruined herself i'm but, not kidding she ruined herself and it's a shame because yeah she's she, so gifted after spending all of these years letting science try to figure out how her ability worked, I think that was something that was outside the norm of mainstream research. You know, mm-hmm. so I think you're right. I think it's a matter of trying to just to branch out into a different direction. Okay. Right. How many of those celebrity mediums have ended up? Maybe we're not supposed to go on media that way. Maybe we're just supposed to be here in service. Well, for me, just from the personal view, I kind of hold those that have mediumship abilities on on a higher standard. Because I feel like you were given a gift 
you obviously have the call of spirit. You're supposed to be using it to help other people and working in spirit. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm seeing these guys use it for fame. Mm -hmm. And fortune. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And fortune at one time. Um, it's bad juju. What's that lady's name? Brown there. Sylvia Brown at one time, her readings, and they weren't even her readings. They were someone that worked for her for 15 minutes with $600 until she blew her career on Montel Williams with her ego and answering back that these two girls are dead and they were found alive later. Well, you know, so I saw her do that, that live. Episode. I watched it live too. I was holding laundry. I saw her do that live actually. That was Eastern during Canada. the same yeah. time that OG Besides was on that. trial. It was the same time and it was just horrendous. Like I just, I was folding laundry and I heard it, you know, when you're in your living room and I turned around and my heart sank. I'm like, no, they're not. Like it just sank. I'm like, even if you think it, you don't speak it. This guy Especially be not in the public audience, not <laughs> yeah. in the public on international television. That's about you. No, because it becomes about her not about the person and that's who's looking for their children. You can really hurt people being a medium with, if you don't know how to read and you don't know how to communicate with people and you're all about ego and just hanging a shingle just to make money and fame, you mm -hmm. can really hurt people doing that. You, you can and I, as well. I feel that comes back to you. Yeah. Like Michelle said, you hurt I stopped, yourself. I stopped at a very young age with readings that I thought, Oh, you know, and, and then I just became more of a, um, what do I call myself? No, well, non-practicing because I just I don't. I, yeah. I know seriously. It's not the cutest names. Really. I know, but because it's a big responsibility, and yeah. I don't think people know how to disassociate from hanging off the words of a medium. Oh, you, you get things wrong. You know, oh. there's not perfection there, but people hold so much hope in the words yeah. of, of that message, you have to make sure that you're dealing with a really good medium because, yeah, you know, they'll it, take it, advantage it, if they're not, but, okay. but it hurts as well. And I always go back to the story with my best friend when I was 18, you know, she asked me, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Well, you're my girl. I'm going to tell you, yes, dang <laughs> it. He's cheating on you. But she tried to, to suicide over it. And I, I realized the amount of responsibility you hold as a medium when you're delivering messages, like the right way I've always mm -hmm. been told was to ask, may I deliver, may I give you a message? Like it, it just, it's, and, and I, do I think that's the right way? I don't know because it's like, you're just taking responsibility from yourself that way. And I think we have to always have that due diligence. Right. Because we also it need is. To I, I feel like the Spider-Man episode. It comes with great <laughs> responsibilities, Ciel. <laughs> you have to decipher, too, if that person is in the correct place to even receive a reading. Because some people are not over their grief. And, you That's know, they why you're supposed to wait. Yeah. Ethically, you're supposed to wait. You're not supposed to take them. The only I don't do readings. I do it as an assistance or in my work. If there's a message to be brought, I, I'm not the person that's going to sit and give you a reading about your life and charge you a hundred bucks for now. That's not me. If there's a message to be given, I give it. Um, but I 
will do a reading after a death and soon after if it's a child. That's the only time that I do it because I can't imagine and hope I never know what that feels like as a parent. Mm -hmm. So that's the one time that I give them a few weeks and I'm like, okay, let's meet, let's do this. Let's, you know, give you some peace. Let's try and help and let's make sure that everything's went the way it's supposed to go. Meaning Mm -hmm. they've ascended, they've moved on, whatever, you know, peace that they need. But some mediums, and I hate using that word for them, will take the take grieving parents and take their money every three to six weeks. Mm -hmm. And you have to know, and I've heard someone say to me, Oh, yeah, he's a friend, I go in once a month. And I'm like, a friend doesn't charge you to talk to them. Yeah, he's not your friend. You know, so that's why you have to be leery, because you're so vulnerable so extremely vulnerable and i i tell people when someone's passed away get through the first you know six months to a year before you seek out anyone of course you want to hear from them of course because you can't but Mm. it really is worth the waiting get through everything first all those first get through them you know and then if you still feel that way sometimes by that time your loved one's giving you signs and you're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at writing a, um, a book or documentary on this, have you thought about maybe um, doing some sort of a class on it or an online course or, you know, I thought, about, I thought about teaching just to, you know, teach it the right way. Not, not that there's not saying that there's a right and wrong, but you know what I mean. That's so that people aren't getting hurt and yeah, people yeah. know more about. Yeah. I, I think it's something that, so, sorry that my needs to be. <laughs> Don't apologize. What a dog. <laughs> something, no, we people bring their pets on all the time. We love it. Um, I think there we go. <laughs> what a muppet. Oh wow. A <laughs> <laughs> fur baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, um I, you know, especially looking at people in smaller communities who, and a lot of these are the same people who really thrive on the paranormal shows because there's maybe nothing in their community where they can go and learn about it anywhere else. So the same would apply for mediums. Everyone wants to know about mediumship on an Mm -hmm. average. If you're interested in you know, and knowing what's coming and knowing, and we all want readings. Everybody wants a reading on an average, let's face it. But learning how to develop yeah. that ability to do it yourself for yourself, if if for any other reason, there's you don't have a lot of communities that offer anything like that. It's just not on the list of priorities. It's I think pr- you would do well with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a practice, so it's continual learning. It's not something... I think people mistaken that they think they can just do this. And once they learn, Oh, I'm done. You continually learn every single day. And you have a nice yeah. gentle way about you it's as well. And things. I think people would listen. Yeah. I think it's, you, you it's just have a gentle something approach. that you have to develop. Mm. And you can help people mediums. develop it. Yeah. So without I think, a bit um, of a delay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of a lag, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> 
that and it's almost 11 <laughs> like yeah. we're all like yeah <laughs> starting to feel the night <laughs> yeah, but i'm saying like you have a gentle way about you i think people would <laughs> listen to you they would absorb it well maybe i'll consider yeah. that yeah and i'll sign you so up the girls the on the class. outer realm said i should do this <laughs> You'll scare them. Don't <laughs> let her talk about demons just yet. Let okay. them learn how to do everything else first. I know. There's a talk copy about... of my book. Yeah. <laughs> you won't sleep tonight, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to work on that mediumship thing. Take notes. So, I know. <laughs> so, so do you, can you communicate with animals? Do you communicate with your pets? Um, you mean like living ones or dead ones? Either. Yeah. Can you, yeah, can you do, do animal communication? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. Because I never, I don't know. There's not too many animals that don't like me. I seem to draw them. Right. But I don't know. What sign are you? Gemini. I'm the crazy sign. No, Gemini. I'm I'm Pisces. I don't know what direction I'm going in, so don't even go there. I'm Taurus. But, I'm just always angry. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're not. No, I don't know. But <laughs> no, she's but, not an angry person at all. No, but Taurians are usually pretty aggressive, and and you know that. that My that's... dad was a Taurus, mind you. I never worked for him, so I don't know. Mm. <laughs> If I asked his employees, they might have a different story. I don't right. know. I don't know. So this is a part of the, of the show where you, you, you know, I always say final words, anything that you want to, to, to talk about that we haven't touched on, promoting yourself, the book, anything, website. There we go. We're back mm -hmm. up. Oh, I love it. it. And I found it on Amazon Canada, by the way. Oh. If anyone's oh. looking, I found it on Amazon Canada. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty terrible at promoting myself. So if you want to get in touch with me, um, my website is clthomas.org and Facebook and um, Instagram are run off that page. You can always connect with me. I'll always answer. And that's it. I have a podcast out, a Small Town Tales podcast. And that's it. That's it. I love oh my the God, title. You're so, and you're humble too. That's adorable. <laughs> it's <laughs> I love highly, it. So we've been talking about it all night. Yes. That's what we've been talking about. You know, I want to make one comment about a servitude. If there's one thing that I have heard a lot of um, from spirits, it's been when you ask them, "What is it? What I'm? What when I say, what is it you want me to do?" It's always always been serve that seems to be the message that i've received repeatedly you know from from different um different avenues whether whether it be evps spirit box just spirits on average it's always been about serve serve others serve 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 you know um and i think service to others is what a lot of people aren't getting yeah, it's particularly in this field where everybody just wants to gather evidence and put on a show. It, that yeah. message gets lost. I agree. I agree. So uh, perspective is another word <laughs> I like to use. I think I think people need to 
put things in perspective because eventually the shows come and the shows go and people remember who the good yeah. ones were and people remember, you know, where the help comes from. So leave your mark, but leave it in a positive way. And I am so glad that you were able to make it. Um, Amelia has been hit and miss just with things, so many things going on in her family. So I know she was thrilled that she could yeah, be I here. Wasn't missing um, us. Yeah, tonight wasn't to meet us. you as well. I, I'm crying when I miss work, and I'm like, Michelle's like, "Are you okay? I'm not missing this." One. Like, I know. No. I, I know. I needed you tonight. <laughs> Seriously, I needed. I needed that reminder of of what it is, and and you are what it is. I think Wayne Mallows, he. He has a beautiful. Can you get that, Michelle? Because I yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So, uh, he goes, CL. You have a natural, kind way of speaking, and you're speaking from experience. I believe you would excel at anything you do in the field, and people would automatically gravitate to you. Thank so. you. You're very kind. And he's also an author. We have the best people. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but thank you for oh, joining us. People. Sorry. Thank you, ladies me i'm gonna get wayne's book thank you oh yeah he has a series called vampire tales it's the vampire tales historical fiction actually you oh, love it i love that. yeah waynemallows.com go check him out yeah you could you could read That's a chapter it. from every book on there there you go wayne <laughs> so put that out there he's been on the show too to talk about yeah, it. Great he's working guy. on book five yeah wow. i know he's working oh, on it phenomenal story. <laughs> But thank you. I will be in touch with you and I will get you links and all that stuff. And um, it was such a pleasure uh, spending the last couple of hours with you. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank Many you, ladies, blessings. for having me. Pleasure. <laughs> all right. Thank have a good you. Night. All right. Good night. <laughs> well, everyone, it has been a great show. And of course, we've come to the almost to the top of the hour big thank you to cl wasn't she just awesome just such a gentle relax she's so relaxed i'm just like mm -hmm. i'm relaxed Me too. <laughs> i'm relaxed thank you cl yep. <laughs> for the experience oh my god she's really delightful so big thank you to cl big thank you to Folgers coffee for sponsoring tonight's show big thank you to dr snick Big thank you to Steve McGinnis. We appreciate you all so much. If you enjoy the content, wherever it is you are watching, please like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever the case may be. We appreciate you. Share it up, share it up. Okay, so tomorrow night, this is a fun thing. Tomorrow night, we bring back Dolly Saffron. And she's got a lot of stuff in store for you guys. We're going to have a show and tell. There's also going to be photos, and we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. But there's also a lot of misconceptions and misrepresentations within, you know, the fields of ufology and dealing with extraterrestrials. And there's a lot of that coming up this month. There just seems to be a lot of new books being released by different people. We're going to see some of our um, older favorite guests 
coming forward in the next couple of weeks with a lot of really amazing things to talk about. And we'll start with Dolly tomorrow night. And thank you, everybody in chat. You guys always make it that much better. We always have such a wonderful time with you. And we will see you all tomorrow night. Good night. We love you guys.